by Didier Drogba. Yes, the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fulham Road Podcast. Today's episode, oh my god, I mean my guest today. You know, this guy, man, when I first met him, I mean, he hadn't, like, I mean, I didn't know who this guy was, you know. I was like, who is this? I had seen his uh, his, tw- his other Twitter account, or the one he, like, I mean, he's basically the father of this account, SW6 Daily around. But I was like, I'd never properly met him before. But as time has gone on, the banter between both of us has gone to the next level. Like, this guy is a good, good person, great person. I really can't wait to... I can't wait to meet, meet him in real life as well. But when that happens, it happens. But I'm bringing on the founding father of SW6 Daily, the one and only Michele Later. My friend, Thanks how are you intro, doing? Bro. How are you Thanks doing? Thanks for that, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to have you on, man. Glad to have you on. Also, I mean, you guys, you're joined by my boring old self, Dami, and uh, my friend all the way in Boston, Josh. Yep, yep. Dami and I are back again, ready to go for this next episode. So let's do this. Perfect, perfect. So guys, I mean, today's episode is kind of going to be a chill episode. So, I mean, all of us are around here just, I mean, you know, it's the international break. It's kind of slow. Not a lot of, not a lot of stuff is uh, happening on this episode. I mean, like on the international break. So what have you guys been doing to occupy time? All right, I'll start. I mean, for me, let's see. I've been watching a lot of old highlight videos been watching a lot of um old uh goals as well like drug buzz all drug buzz chelsea goals stuff like that really just like the typical stuff that you do when you're kind of bored and with the international break um really i haven't found like a lot of other things to do because i mean chelsea is really my main source of weekend entertainment so now that the uh now that fifa and the UEFA governing body have decided to take that away from me for a weekend. I am pretty, pretty bored. So what about you, Marcel? Yeah, well, I mean, things are never boring over at SW6 Daily. I literally can't leave that group for a day. We always have stuff going off. So I've just been pretty much working on that and working on... I just wrote my SATs about 10 days ago or so. So I'm starting to work with college applications. And yeah, I got into the in-betweeners. Finished that in like two days really disappointed <laughs> that there's only like 18 episodes <laughs> so yeah still kind of busy but pretty chill i mean i mean i you i like watching my football in the afternoon but i mean as a student and all of that i mean i've had lots of stuff to do i mean fifa here and there i mean obviously it's coming oh, home yeah, for England. Sure. it's coming home haha <laughs> bullshit anyways on to other things <laughs> Um, so, yeah, in today's episode, we're just going to really review what is going on. Um, but we're going to go back to the older version of, like, how we get, like, Chelsea Twitter stuff and then, like, the main topic. And then we're going to do the banter segment with Michelle later on. Is that cool, guys? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. So, one thing that I want to talk about is Ampadu. He hasn't been playing often, has he? No, he yeah, hasn't. Virtually not at all. I mean, what do you guys think of that, Michaela? Well, I mean, 
I'm pretty sure Ryan Giggs said he's actually going to like personally fly over and have a talk with Nagelsmann, the manager. Mm. And I'm not quite sure why we actually, I mean, the whole idea of it was pretty perfect to me when I first heard of it. I mean, Ampadu going to a very progressive attacking side in Germany, it just sounded really great to me. But I mean, the fact that the manager has said himself that he doesn't think Ampadu is ready yet. I mean, we want two months into the season and he's, get, he's had zero minutes. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. Mm, mm. I mean, Josh. I, I can understand what Nagelsmann is thinking, though, with Ampadu, because for me, I mean, I like Ampadu, but I might bring a bit of a controversial take here. I just, I don't think he's that great technically, and especially in a side like, um, you know, managed by Nagelsmann especially, but also a side that's, very competitive in Germany and RB Leipzig. Um, it's just it's hard for someone at 17 like Ampadu to get into the team, uh, um, especially like what like what I said and what I'm trying to get at is technically he's not all that, and he does make some good progressive passes at times. But when you think of Ampadu, you think of a destroyer like player, someone who's gonna you know win the 50-50 tackles in midfield, break up play, get the ball back, and then kind of just sit in front of the back four. And I don't really think that aligns with the way that uh, Leipzig are trying to play currently. Yeah, I, mean, hmm. I think you're off right there. Hmm. Why do you disagree? Well, I mean, I definitely agree with the whole fact that he's pretty much 18, 17, and it is a new league, so that any player has that adjustment period. And he is pretty much that destroyer, deep-lying player. But, I mean, we saw a few times last season that probably the most critical coach of all, Maurizio Sarri, trusted him at that favoured Regista role. So, mm. I mean, he must have some kind of technicality to his game to be trusted in that position. Mm. But you do make good points. You're definitely correct on the others there. Mm. Mm. I mean, for me personally, I think... I don't think that guy still has a position. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sorry. Do you get what I mean? Sorry played him in the uh, DM position. I'm sure if we had Mourinho, he could probably be a centre-back. I don't know what that guy's position is right now. And I also kind of have to blame Chelsea here because they sent him to Leipzig. Leipzig isn't like a banter team. Do you get what I mean? I think they're yeah. like, what? I mean I, don't, I mean, I don't know the Bundesliga table at all, but I'm assuming they're in the top five places. Am I right? Yeah, or, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I know they are yeah. not a banter side at all. Yeah, so like, expect Champions League. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of recent, anyway. I think the last two seasons or so. But yeah, yeah. so expecting him to start. Yeah, we'd all want him to start, but we're all forgetting that Leipzig isn't like a banter squad. It's far from a banter squad. If anything, he should be in the Championship. Do you get what I mean? And not like I'm doubting his abilities before the youth defenders come at me. But at the end of the day, we all have to be realistic and. Ampadu, yeah, I mean, he should have gotten at least, like, what, some substitute appearances. But yeah. at the end of the day, he's playing for Leipzig. Leipzig ain't no banter squad. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my take on it. Anyone have anything else to say? Yeah, that's what I said. Like, in a perfect world, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good move. But I think, ideally, he should have maybe gone to a low to mid-table Premier League side, maybe a, a Brighton, a Watford. Well, I mean, not Watford mm-hmm. anymore. They're pretty rock-bottom. But ideally, a club of that standard. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. Exactly. Probably, exactly. I'll go with the Brighton. They seem, the new coach has definitely started a more attacking style of play, and 
they can definitely use someone with his engine. Yeah, definitely. But once again, he also has to find go to a club that he can establish a proper position. Do you get what I mean? I don't want the thing like I mean, for example, yeah. RLC is now pretty much an eight. But I remember other managers played him on the wings, they played him as a striker, played him as he a played everywhere, player. man. Exactly. So I don't want that to happen to Ampadu as well. So I just think Even he needs to talent, establish yeah. yeah, he just needs to establish position really soon. So yeah, I mean that's uh, Ampadu. Another thing I want to talk about is this argument I've seen on the timeline is kind of making sense to me. I haven't put in a lot of thought, because the thing is, I don't like to make comments on stuff that uh, I have not thought too much about. But I've been seeing a lot of people talking about Kante and us letting him go within the next two seasons because of his age. And the reason why I'm even considering thinking about this, because if I look at like an argument, it doesn't make any sense. I scrap it to the side. But a lot of people are giving out the saying that because of the kind of game he plays and he's 29 years old, they don't think he can... Is he 29 or 28? I'm, but he's close to 30. I think basically. he's turning 29, yeah. Yeah, he's close to 30, basically. So a lot of people feel like uh, his age and like the kind of game he plays with his engine and everything, he has to... Uh, I mean, with age comes more injuries and everything. And I also want to blame the Chelsea backroom staff because we've been getting consistent injuries for like what? It's been ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. It's been absolutely shambolic. I don't know what they're doing back there. But still, I, I kind of do consider that argument for Kante. What do you guys think, Michelle? Okay. I mean, I definitely understand both sides of the argument. I mean, obviously, he's getting 30, and he does depend on his um, athleticism. That pretty much is his game, just getting up and down, relentless pressing, relentless energy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at a club like Chelsea, where we've just lost our best player, arguably, of the past decade, mm-hmm. and a world-class footballer, definitely. You don't want to go losing another world-class footballer. I mean, we're not a selling club. But I definitely do understand that he has just signed a five-year contract. He's on about 220k per week. So if Real Madrid do want him, they're definitely going to have to cough up some big money. So I would only maybe even slightly consider it if there is a big name out there that we can definitely attract. Mm. And that's, mm. like, my only chance of even... Considering. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fair enough. Josh? In no way, shape, or form would a bid of £300 billion even make me think <laughs> about selling N'Golo Kante. We can't sell this guy. He's not He's not up for sale. The yeah. impact that he has on our team is insane. Like, There's no coincidence that since he's been back, we've looked light years more um, you know, d- defensively solid. Um, and also it's just like, he brings a very, very good attacking presence because of his, his dribbling ability. He passes well. He's really just such a complete midfielder. Like, I can't think of something that you can name in the game of football that Kante can't do. Maybe besides like win headering, header, a header. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, he, he's one of the most complete players in the world, and I think without a doubt, probably the most complete player in the Premier League. So Yeah, definitely. I just think it's crazy to sell Kante, especially when he has such a massive impact on our team. And frankly, I can't think of any players in the world that can play like him or would even come close to replacing him <laughs> that we could sign. So for me, Real Madrid... You've got Hazard. You've got the snake. Stop. You're you're not getting Kante. 
Mm, fair enough. I mean, I think I didn't word my question correctly. I mean, I do agree with what you guys are saying. But I think uh, what I should have said or the way I should have said it was how, like, realistically, how long do you see Kante playing at this rate because of the kind of game he plays? I mean, he's getting more injured a lot. He's getting injured a lot more frequently. That could, I mean, I'm choosing to believe that's down to the backroom stuff. But at the end of the day, the kind of game he plays, he can't play that game. I mean, I don't think he can play that game for the next five years because it's going to dwindle with age, if you get what I'm trying to say. Yes. Or am I I being... Do you get what I mean? No, no, I I understand it, yeah. I mean, just to to address that question then, I mean, Kante, obviously the game he's playing and the the level of high energy that he brings is not going to be sustainable for all five of those years, I think. You know, by the time by the time the contract runs out, he'll be 34 years old. I mean, I, I don't expect him to be doing what he's doing currently at 34 years old. However, I still think that he can carry it with him for at least another three years or so. Um, I mean, if you look at a player like Luka Modric, for example, they play sort of the similar position. I mean, Luka Modric, for me, he started to fizzle out recently, but yeah. he was at the top of his game really until he hit around 33 just like just last season pretty much but before then he he was still at the top of his game so I could see Conte following a similar um, career path and then I could see him slowly fizzling out and then to address the issue in terms of um, his injuries I just think like in terms of the injury like that happened yesterday it's just the case of Deschamps being an asshole like we know that Conte is recently coming back from an injury. We know that Conte is getting into the swing of things. I I don't know who France were playing yesterday. I don't think it was anyone of major stature. And if that's the case, then why are you playing N'Golo Conte, who's just coming back from an injury? Let him rest and let him take a game off. So, I mean, it's just the case of, in my opinion, Conte not being given enough time to fully get back into the swing of things, and then he gets injured. Mm. I mean, Michele, what do you have to say on that? Well, I mean, I definitely agree with the whole um, athleticism being the, like, key point of his game, pretty much. Mm. And obviously he can't um, keep that up until his late 30s. We all know that, really. But recently we've seen um, with... Mauricio Sarri's management specifically, we've seen him kind of become a more creative player almost. Mm, he definitely yeah, knows yeah. how to take control of the game. I mean, in the Super Cup against Liverpool, that man was pretty much dribbling on Messi's level. I mean, that's probably <laughs> not right, but you know. So, yeah, I definitely think, I mean, world-class players know how to adapt. We've seen Ronaldo adapt. We've seen Messi adapt. I don't see any reason why N'Golo Conte can't adapt as well. Maybe he won't be as high-pressing. He'll just be more covering the centre-backs or just trying to create chances. I don't see why he can't evolve his game further, especially over the last year we've seen the evolution. He's pretty much quadrupled his goal output, his shot success, his key passes. So I don't see why he can't continue this kind of wave of um, transformation, really. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, you guys answered that perfectly well. So anyone that's still thinking about uh, selling Kante for 150 million, I mean, now you have no reason to say that anymore because we have great analysts who have broken that down <laughs> for you. So 
I mean, that's pretty much... I mean, the uh, first segment, the Chelsea Twitter segment, I think that's done. So let's go on to the main segments of this podcast. We're going to be talking about, I mean... Chelsea, like, oh, that's such a dumb thing to say. But, yeah, we're going to be talking about, like, how well we've done, how far we've improved so far, and, like, what our thoughts are, like, at this stage of the season. So, Michele, what are your thoughts so far? I mean, I still think Kante plays a massive role. As Josh pointed out, as soon as he comes back, we just look 10 times better easily. And I think our trouble start to the beginning obviously didn't help with Kante's... Um, his recovery process because as soon as he was even slightly fit I'm pretty sure we just rushed him straight back into that starting 11 but if I had to break the season down you pretty much have to break it up into our first four games and our most recent four games I mean this whole season in general is just going to be one massive learning curve we've got a very young squad most of them are making their full debuts for Chelsea a full season debut our managers only in the second full season of management pretty much so, yeah, and we've seen that. I mean, when Tomori came on in the Super Cup, I had no idea what Frank was thinking. And he pretty much went from fourth choice, fifth choice centre-back to arguably my player of the season so far. So I feel like we're definitely going to see a lot more of this going on throughout the season. And it's definitely going to look a lot more positive than those first four games. I mean, we're still pretty much finding our feet and all of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think... As well, just building upon that, like, I know, Dami, you and I have talked about, you know, we we won't really see the uh, the potential and the level that this team can play at until, you know, we start getting key names back. And, I mean, is it a coincidence now that we have Hudson Adoy, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham all playing together um, up front? Is it a coincidence, you know, that we're putting four past a team like Southampton? Is it a coincidence that we look like we're going to score at least three goals every game? No, it's not. And it's the level that these guys bring that we we didn't have early on in the season because, unfortunately, exactly. they were injured. So, I mean, the beginning four, first four games, I think, kind of just irrelevant, and we should just um, wipe them off, per se, because... You know, we we didn't have a fully fit squad. We yeah. we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't have a fully fit squad. We didn't have um, really a, a solid base or anything to build off of. We just kind of we were we were thrown into the Premier League with the same players that we had last year. Really, no improvement apart from like maybe a player like Mason Mount, but. Now that we have, you know, Hudson Adoy, we have, um, you know, we have Kante who's fit. Well, was fit, but hopefully, you know, will be fit. But you guys get the point. The point is that our injured players are starting to come back. And the last of the bunch that has yet to come back is, of course, Ruben. And when he comes back, it's really going to be game over for about every single team in the Premier League besides Liverpool and City. Definitely. Yeah, fair play, fair play. I mean, for me personally, the season is still... I mean, once again, I'm a bit pissed off that apparently Rhys James is injured again. I don't know if he's actually injured or a lot of people are saying that he might have just left the under-21s a bit early to get training. I don't know what's up with Rhys James. Can I, I watched him for a week. 
So yeah, it's just out for a week. Next week. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, for me, so far this season, yeah, I'm quite impressed with the number of goals we've scored, how we are <clears throat> like playing. Like, I mean, the statistics are quite good, yeah. But I mean, one thing that's still not settling well with me is our defending. I don't know what it for is. Sure. Do you get what I mean? I don't know what it is. I'm sure I know it's going to improve. And once again, I have to say this every single time on this podcast because I know a lot of people do not like to listen. But at the end of the day, I love, I'm a youth supporter, not to the extent of certain people, but I'm also going to criticize them. Do you get what I mean? I'm not going to pull, I'm not going to name drop anyone, but I'm going to support them fully well, but I'm also going to criticize them for anything, any mistakes that they make. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So for me, when to call a spade a spade. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. A spade is a spade. And that's how I'm going to take it. I'm not going to be like too biased towards the youth. I mean, we'll have some people that swear by hey, getting Mason Mountain's head by the end of the season. And we'll have some people that are defending him like he's their child. Do you get what I mean? I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not, I'm not going to go to the extremes. But at the end of the day, a lot of people might say, oh, there's too like young and getting used to that. It's still a flaw. Our defending is still a flaw. If we try defending... Yeah. Like the way we defend against Manchester City or Liverpool, I keep saying it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, but when we played Liverpool earlier on in the season, we defended well." Yeah, we did, but that's not Lampard's style of play. He did that to suit Manchester City and Liverpool. Lampard, I mean, have you not noticed that our pressing has not been ridic- as ridiculous like it was against United? Do you guys do you yeah. remember United game? We were literally in their half most of the times, exactly. The first now, 20 minutes, we could have had four goals. Easily. Exactly, exactly. It's obviously going to get a lot better, but at the end of the day, for me, defending is still a problem. So, I mean, what do you guys... Do you guys see any other problems with this team that are missing out? Um, I think the defence is still... It's pretty much the biggest problem. Our football currently is very reminiscent of Klopp's heavy metal kind of first few seasons in the Premier League where... It's pretty much at the two extremes. You're going to score a lot, you're going to concede a lot, but ho- um, hopefully you score more than you concede. But yeah, every time there's a set piece, I get severe anxiety that we're going to concede. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I wouldn't say, you know, the, the, the defensive situation is a crisis by any means, because I think it would be a yeah, crisis sure. if we didn't see any improvement in our defensive game. I mean, for me against Southampton, I saw improvement defensively. I saw improvement on the on defending the set pieces. I noticed sometimes we were we were actually playing man to man versus Southampton, which I like because, you know, we we had a short squad last year. Our squad is by no means tall now, but it's it's still taller than it was and significantly taller. Yeah, and yeah. we have players like you know Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham is a tree. He's six foot five. My so, <laughs> yeah, 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 but I mean, we have we have Zuma as well. Tamori six foot. We're not we're not short by any means. So I I'd say that we we if we moved to a man to man and if we play man to man the way we did it against a team like Southampton, who Southampton are quite tall as well. I think we will definitely be much more successful at defending the set pieces. I don't think currently. Or within the next three months, we're going to see, you know, Liverpool's level of defense by any means. But I think that we will see gradual improvement. And defending is hard. Defending as a unit is hard, and it takes time. And it's not going to happen overnight. So 
as long as I see gradual improvement over the next three months, I will be happy. And especially with the cutting out of certain brain farts, like, for example, Southampton's goal, like that shouldn't be happening. Like if we can cut that out of our game and become defensively solid, then there are very few teams in the Premier League that I think could beat us. And I think that there are very few teams in world football that could go up against us. Mm. Yeah, you make a great point about the improvements. Yeah. I think Kurtzum is pretty much the poster boy of that improvement. Even if you just compare his technical ability or passing ability from that United game to Southampton. I mean, at United, I don't think the man was completing five-yard passes. And now we're seeing him pinging diagonals to Alonso like 80 yards away. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Zuma, Zuma has always been a slow burner, and he's always taken a few months to get into the swing of things. But when he does get into the swing of things, he becomes a rock in, at center back. So we just have to see how he's playing come around April. Mm, exactly. I mean, fair point from you guys. Once again, great analysis, unlike some people on the timeline. Anyways, <laughs> um, another thing I want to speak about, because I feel, I mean, it's not directly connected, but... You guys, it pains me to say this, but Marcus Alonso and William are playing well. I never thought I'd say that in the rest of my lifetime. So I what are you guys thought? I like it. <laughs> I tried so hard. But I'm just so shocked, man. I mean, Michele, what are your thoughts? Like, like I said, I really tried. I tried <laughs> to stay negative, but I mean, they've, they've blown me away. Especially yeah. William. I yeah. mean, William used to kill me on counter-attacks. He used to stop the play and just do his little step-overs. And it just used to kill the entire movement and the entire energy of our counter-attacks. But, I mean, his decision-making has been pretty um, flawless so far. I mean, I can critique him on maybe one or two crosses or corners. But besides that, he's been pretty good. And also mm. Alonso, defensively, he's improved amazingly his defensive awareness has gone up a lot i mean we used to see him get turned out by championship wingers i remember <laughs> Huddersfield last season he made that winger look like prime cristiano ronaldo just chopping in and out of him. <laughs> but yeah he's um he's improved significantly i've been pretty shocked i mean mm. emerson's getting in 100 percent as soon as definitely he's definitely no beats no beats i think alonso i mean fair play to him definitely but yeah i mean josh I know you love Alonso a lot, so what do you think? What are you saying? Yeah, Marcus Alonso's pretty much at this point who I aspire to be in life. No, but I mean, <laughs> um, I think that William, I'll start with William first. I think that William, he, he's been playing so well, but I think that he's getting, you know, he's not getting recognized for the correct thing. I think the biggest thing that he's bringing to us right now is his ball retention. William doesn't lose the ball right now. And that has been so important for us, especially, you know, when we're up by about like a two goal margin, but the game is still pretty back and forth. William is getting the ball and he's helping us keep it. And he's helping us slow the game down and he's helping us see out results that way. And he's I just really good at getting fouled, getting those yeah, tactical fouls. He can he so can good. buy those really well. So it's it's a very important quality that he has, and I really hope he keeps bringing it. I I think you know his end product has definitely stepped up, like with the goal against Brighton. Um, and I I can only see him getting a f- getting a few more goals 
you know, as time goes on, at least a few more, because if Hudson Adoy is going to keep assisting him, then, you know, it, it, it's only it's only going to go up. But I mean, yeah, Willie and I've been very, very impressed with. And I, I, I think right now the way he's playing, he, he can't be dropped for anyone because his his game and the way he's playing is just so important overall for helping us as a team. Now, moving on to Marcus Alonso, I think, yes, Marcus Alonso is playing well. However, we all know Marcus Alonso's limitations. So I think, you know, Marcus Alonso has been offered more defensive support in recent matches. I think, you know, he's really just been covered up and kind of, you know, papered over a bit because Lampard, as he should, doesn't fully trust him to be isolated a lot. Um, and I think that the winger, whether it be Hudson Adoy or whether it be um, uh, William, uh, I think that, you know, they're, they're doing a good job of covering and helping Alonso. Um, I think going yeah. forward, Alonso has delivered some very good balls in, definitely. I mean, he still had some pretty poor ones, but. It's it's not the same as it was last season where it was just out of every 10 crosses, nine would be horrible and one would be mediocre. And he's definitely shown some improvement in that. However, when Emerson gets back, it's obvious that Emerson is going to be stuck in because Emerson is such a free-flowing player where Alonso isn't. He's very constrained and plays like a robot a bit. Um, yeah, really good point. I think, you know, once Emerson is free-flowing along that left-hand side and overlapping Callum, which Alonso doesn't have in his game, once he starts, once we see Emerson start overlapping Callum, that's really when we're going to see Callum stand out even more than he already is. So that's, yeah. that's my analysis on that situation. Mm. I think big props has to go to Tamori as well. Mm, I mean, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Right. But, I mean, Liverpool at home, I could see Alonso getting kind of destroyed by Salah quite a few times. And Tomori just just won the ball back, I'm pretty sure, 10 times out of 10. I mean, he reversed the roles here. He made Salah look like a championship winger, pretty much. Mm, he did. He did. Tomori has been really good, actually. Really, really good. But, I mean... Yeah, arguably, my man of the... Um, of the season, season so job. far. Yeah, so far, definitely. definitely. I mean, for me... Oh, Jorginho. I'm not even going to get into my boy. We will get to him. Oh, Jorginho. Oh, his name alone. Anyways, um, for me, Alonso and William, yeah, like, you, you guys basically said it all, to be fair. I've been really, really impressed by them. And once again, I'm a Chelsea fan first. I'm not a youth defender. I'm not a youth attacker either. So if you're playing well, I'm going to acknowledge it. It's difficult for me to acknowledge people like Alonso and William because, as we all know, next week can come round. I mean, it's Saturday evening right now. In a week's time, we could see Alonso like scoring a hat-trick of own goals or William taking over like 20 corners. But I mean, right now, they are playing really, really well and they definitely do deserve to start. Do you get what I mean? It's not like, oh, these are senior yeah. players that have to be playing. Right now, they're playing really, really well and they do deserve a, like the starting spot in the starting eleven. Another player I want to talk about really quickly, like really super quickly before, because it's a minor thing. I mean, I'm expecting him to bounce back very, very soon because he's a beast of a player. Because I wanted to talk about something else immediately after. Hudson Odoi. He played really, really well against Southampton. He got two assists, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
He got two assists. And uh, But one thing I want to talk about, I spoke about this with uh, Josh and Christian last week, but I want to just uh, mention it again, and let's not take too long on this. His finishing, his one-on-one finishing, I mean, if he, I mean, I'm definitely expecting him to sort this out. I mean, it's hot to Nadoy. He's not going to become a William, so he's going to sort his finishing out. Definitely. But if he did, he, he had, he could have scored a hat trick last week Saturday. Do you guys disagree? Even against Grimsby, I yeah, think he had like four yeah. one ones against Grimsby that he could have easily scored. I mean, the yeah. keeper was probably on performance enhancement drugs because I've got no idea how that <laughs> wasn't a double digit game, but definitely. I mean. Exactly, but I mean, what do you think, though? Like, I mean, what are you expecting from him? Do you think it's just because of the injury? I mean, I mean, I know what I feel, I know what my answer is, but what are you guys saying just for the hypothetical? Okay, Lee? I mean, it's it's a tricky one because I've heard some people saying, oh, he's far better than he was last season. And I've heard some saying he's not as good as he was last season. Mm. I mean, I guess I hear both sides of that argument. I think last season he is probably burying a few of those chances. Def- definitely. And I'm not, I can't tell you why he's not bearing those now. I mean, it could be a little bit of the injury. It could just be nerves. I'm really not sure. But, I mean, he's definitely, he's still 18. He can definitely add that yeah. clinical touch to his game, for sure. Mm, so it's definitely not anything to worry about, I don't think. Especially when you're still creating as many chances as he is. Exactly, man. I just wanted to become like a William or something. But now yeah, I know that's goal, not going to happen. Goal scoring is hardly a problem right now. Mm, mm. So, Josh, what are you saying? I mean, I, I don't think he could have scored a hat-trick against Southampton. I think, really, from what I remember, he had that one big chance that yeah. he should have buried. But other than that, I can't really think of a scoring chance that he had. Um, I definitely do agree, though. Like In that chance, he needs to get some elevation on it and just stick it in the top corner because it's obvious that the keeper is going to leave the trailing leg. Um, and so if you go low, he'll probably get the foot to it. So you need to put some elevation on it. Yeah. But I think it's something that's going to come with time. I believe I said this last week as well. As he works with Frank Lampard, he's going to get better at finishing. It's it's it, it's just logical to think like that. I mean, as we all know, Lampard is one of the greatest finishers of his generation. Yeah, so it, it, only make, it only makes – exactly. It only makes sense for, for Frank to help him improve that. And at the end of the day, he's what? 18, 19, I believe he's 19, right? Yeah, I think he's a I year older so. than I am. Yeah. He's 19. So at 19 years old, you know, if he's already having the impact on us that he is, if he adds finishing, you know, and he becomes this player that we all think he is, then he, he, we have got a future Ballon d'Or winner on our hands, as I said many times before. But... It, it's just him, you know, adding adding the fill, finishing touches, and it's just part of his development process. It's, I think it would be kind of odd to see, you know, a generational talent like him not have at least one thing that we could critique him about. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah. very, very rare that, I, you know, you have that. So, yeah, I mean, with hudson Adoy, he will definitely get better. He he was an amazing finisher in the youth team days. He just needs to get used to it, and he will definitely get better overall. Yeah, you made a great point about the whole elevation thing. I can't even remember. Can you think of a single goal he scored for us at first team level where it wasn't off the ground or, I mean, was actually elevated? 
I don't actually think of one. I think they've all been pretty much on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, you know, just add a little variety, I suppose. Yeah, get that fully. Now, now, now. I've been waiting for this argument for about two weeks now because I have two massive pearl opposites on this player. I mean, Mandem scored a penalty yesterday, I think, and he's the captain. He's the only yeah. captain of his national side in um, in Chelsea. Ice cold penalty. Christian Pulisic on the left. Hazard. That was actually a Hazard esque penalty. I mean, Josh, I'm sure you watched that game, and definitely, as much as you dislike my man Pulisic, I know you cannot not rate that penalty. Or do you have anything else? Um, surely I, I, not. No, no, no. Well, not. You I, 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 now. I, no. I'll let I'll, I'll let Michelle start first and then I'll, all I'll right. follow up. In the right hand I mean, side, we have Mikhail and we have Josh on the left hand side. Josh is anti Pulisic. Michele is pro Pulisic. Get in. I mean, I definitely understand both sides of the argument. I always try to stay pretty objective and pretty fair when it comes to judging players. So I definitely understand the whole, especially recently, I mean, there's that whole saying, don't fix what ain't broke. So I'm definitely not going to slide him into the starting team just because I don't like William. I mean, things are working fine. I'm not going to go changing that. But I guess my only, well, not my only problem, but one of the problems I have is the hypocrisy. I mean, last season we had people calling for Sorry's head because hudson Adoy wasn't playing by December. And... You know, Hudson Adoy is a young player. Give him those minutes instead of William and Pedro. Let him make those mistakes because it's going to profit us um, in the years to come. But those people are now just completely against Pulisic. So, I mean, if you're going to use that as your argument for Hudson Adoy, at least stay consistent because I don't see much that has changed in these two seasons. It's both a promising young player whose path is blocked by two aging players who won't sign new contracts, it seems, so they're not even going to be here next season. And a new manager who's just come in. So, I feel like the situations aren't too difficult and different. In fact, he's a £60 million signing. So, if anything, there's more pressure to play him than it was a hudson Adoy. But definitely, William wasn't like this last season. Although, Pedro is worse. So, I guess it is different in that sense. But I do believe he should be getting slightly more game time. Or at least less harshly judged. I definitely agree with you. I definitely, definitely do agree with you. And Especially Michael, that Grimsby game. I hate that Grimsby game. Our people have been saying he was useless. I mean, we saw a few times where he's been making these amazing runs and Barkley just doesn't lift his head up because with Ross Barkley. And twice we saw, I mean, Michi Batshuayi was never going to pass in that game. We all know. Michi was out for blood in that game. And I saw twice, if you watch the highlights, that Michi Batshuayi just not um, nicked the ball of Christian Pulisic's toes twice. I mean, he scored both times, but still, if Pulisic was maybe a foot ahead, he's putting that in. So, I mean, I guess it's a little harsh to judge him off that game. He did get an assist. He could have had a goal, but I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda, I guess. I mean, well, I yeah. mean, I- I'll start. First of all, to address your point, Dami, did he score a penalty last night? Yes. Did it mean anything? No. He scored a penalty. I think the United States at this point were four 0 up. It was against the um, mighty Cuba, Josh. Exactly. There's a reason he looks like. There's a reason he looks like Messi against all these teams. 
for the international team, for the national team, sorry, all he has to do is, you know, he scores or assists, and that's all he has to do, and he'll get recognition, as he should. He's just outperforming like Jose Altador and the boys. He is outperforming farmer upon farmer upon farmer. He's not playing anyone. And if we're going to be cynical, if we're going to be cynical and say he's so amazing and world, world class for the national team, tell me why the United States didn't make it to the World Cup last time. Tell me I mean, why the United States. You can easily flip that argument. You can easily flip the argument, yes, but you can still make the argument. You can say, oh, for sure. why, yeah. why, 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 if he's so good, why didn't he perform and stand out against mighty Trinidad and Tobago? who the United States lost to, and w- which is the reason they failed to qualify for the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Why wasn't he amazing then? Why is it that throughout his, his best season ever was in the 2017-18 season? We're, we're sticking age out the window here. He played 27 times with five substitute appearances. He had four goals and five assists. Now, for me, I think that's pretty bang average for him. I think that we've signed a pretty bang average player, and I don't think it's any it's on us fans or anyone really to expect anything more than bang average because really I see him becoming a bench player for us at best, and I don't see you know that much in his game. That, and fair you know, enough. I, I think, I'll, I think I'll flip stand the out on you quickly, but fair enough. I mean, like you've been saying, he's been playing against pretty much Cuba and Trinidad and Tobago, and they're not world-class teams. So, of course, he's going to get a goal and an assist. But that's just always that common argument where it's like, oh, it was only Watford. Of course you won. But then again, if you don't win, you're going to be a laughing stock because it was only Watford. So he's doing what is expected of him. He's scoring and getting assists against teams. He should be scoring and getting assists against and also if you're going to compare his 17-18 season when he was 18 years old to Hudson Odoi season last season where he was 18 years old not much separates him when it comes to stats I'm pretty sure Hudson Odoi played 24 games I think he got about five goals not sure about the assists I was looking at the stats the other day and like you said Christian Pulisic got four goals and five assists and Hudson Odoi played in the Europa League against Wi-Fi passwords and Christian Pulisic was ripping the Real Madrid defense apart. So you can easily flip the argument. And I'm not going to say he's not going to be world-class. I mean, the dude's the age of my brother. So I'm not going to say he's not going to be a world-class footballer because Jurgen Klopp tried his best to sign this man for the past three seasons. So there must be something to his game. And I think we've all seen that spark. And, of course, we've seen a similar spark with players like Alvaro Morata. But Christian Pulisic has just got that mentality to his game where... I think he can actually just fulfill his potential and take his game to that next level. Well, I mean, first of all, he didn't play 20 times last season. He played, he started eight games and, well, he did play 20 times, but the point is he oh. started eight games and the majority of his appearances were substitute appearances when really he was just be, being given garbage minutes by Sorry. So if you look at it, I mean, when I saw Hudson Adoy playing, I saw our level of play go up drastically. I saw us 
you know, starting to look a very big threat. I saw our right-hand side, you know, become exponentially better. You know, Hudson Adoy made Morata score. Yeah, That's, I mean, Hudson Adoy revives careers with all things. Yeah. He's making William look like a Ballon d'Or contender and Morata exactly. like a clinical striker. Anyway, Pulisic at Dortmund last season, he got, I think, four goals, four assists, something like that. But all Pulisic starts. You, yeah, because final who, who, starts. But the point is, he wasn't playing at Dortmund last season either. Why wasn't it's he very playing understandable, at Dortmund? though, in my opinion. Why isn't he playing at Dortmund last season? Because I mean, he, got, he, was, he got benched. He had a serious injury. I mean, if you're going to get... It's the whole thing. They were on a title challenge. You don't change what ain't broke. And I mean, if you're going to get benched by any winger... He got benched by the surely, better player. The player who is exponentially be better. A future Ballon d'Or winner... Yeah. Jadon Sancho. If he's going to get benched by anyone, I'm perfectly fine with him getting benched by Sancho. Not like he's getting benched by, I don't even know, Mario Goetze, who's playing on the wing. Look, anyway, he got, the point is, I just think that this is a case of Chelsea putting business before football, and I just think, you know, if we looked at Dortmund and we looked at everything that they had and we thought, we want to sign Christian Pulisic from Dortmund. You know, that that was just the wrong decision, in my opinion. Because even even if you know he turns he turns out to be a good player, all this, all that, we should have signed Jaden Sancho, and we still might sign Jaden Sancho. I'm fingers crossed that we do. But in my opinion, we've just we've signed an average squad player instead of the elite talent that he's hyped up to be. I guess we'll see. But once yeah. again, on, once again, like, I mean, because uh, I'm not going to spend up to a minute on this. I know I'm probably going to move on very soon, but like this energy, like, come on. Like I've seen a lot of people. Look, I'm, we aren't even giving him chances to play. This is what I said in the last two episodes. We're not even giving him chances to play exactly. football. Like if he shits, like I said before, and that's like our monetization gone out the window for swearing. But if he shits, yeah, if he's so shit, yeah, can you prove to us that he's so shit on the pitch consistently? Because a lot of people come on and be like, oh, okay, he's played shit in this game. Let him go to the bench. Let him consistently play badly for so many yeah, games. I mean, and like he's also like five games. Exactly. And like I was saying, like I was saying to someone in the in the in the group chat I'm in. Um, Pulisic, yeah, if he was in the academy, none of this is good. Like, a lot of people are going to, we're going to hype him up as, we're going to hype him up a lot. I mean, this guy is just coming, like, from the German league, where there's not, not too physical. Let's take note yeah. that, um, them, the, like, what, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, that's why they're playing so well, because they're used to the physicality of the other league. He's not going to exactly. get used to anything whatsoever, because, like, he's not getting any playing time. And, and last, what I'm going to say is that a lot of people have been telling me that, oh, Pulisic isn't Lampard signing, and uh, because he's not Lampard signing, he's not going to play. Guys, That's look, let one thing. I'm, look, this is an extremely unpopular opinion. What I'm about to say, both of you might disagree with me strongly, but to be honest, to, to I'm, I'm just I'm not going to speak up what's on my mind. The youth setup might be for Chelsea FC, but it doesn't mean the manager is entitled to using those youth players. It's the exact same thing. Think about it. 
I mean, yeah, yeah youth, youth players are yeah meant to be brought up. I meant to use that. That's what the plan is. But if they do not fit into the system or you don't think they're appropriate, they were not supposed to. Like you can't force the manager to use them. Have the exact same energy, please. I hate you. Like yeah, exactly. that 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 sentence where people say keep that energy. I hate it so much. But in this scenario, I have to use it because that's the absolute truth. So if he's so shit, yeah. A lot of people say he's trash. And I mean, obviously, Josh, you know, I respect you a lot. And I mean, yeah, you could be proven extremely right. And if you're proven right, I will take my L in peace. I've taken L's on the timeline so many different times because I'm a man that likes to stand by what I believe in. If I'm proven wrong, then I'll take it as it is. But till said and done, till we actually see this guy on the pitch consistently and he performs trash consistently, I'm not going to agree with any of this. Do you get what I mean? Exactly. He needs to have a I chance. Mean, if he's going yeah. to be a bench player, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. It could be a, it could be a massive PR stunt by the club. Even if it is, it doesn't mean like he shouldn't be given the chance to play. He's not even getting the chance to... I mean, people say he's going to get used to it. Lampard trying to ease him in. Like, this guy has more experience than most of the players that are currently playing for Chelsea. Do you get what I mean? He's been playing football for two years. Two years. But he's still... People are saying... That, I mean, oh, nah, I'm going to save my energy for Mason Mount by Mason Mount runs. I mean, you guys can... That's probably the same people that have no idea that Christian Pulisic is our top assister with the limited minutes he has received. Oh. So, I'm just going to chop the mic on that one. I mean, Josh, what do you have to say? I mean, just, I guess we'll wrap things up here, but I mean, with Pulisic, I mean, Lampard is justified for not playing him. Who is he going to play ahead of? Who? I mean, yeah, who? like I said, who, if it ain't who? broke, don't fix it. So, yeah. until we see something wrong with William or Hudson-Odoi, or maybe a Mason Mount play Pulisic as a 10, don't change, don't change anything. Things well, are working. Well, if Hudson-Odoi plays badly one game, I'm sorry, he's not getting dropped. Hudson-Odoi isn't getting yeah, well, dropped. Yeah, well, if he like five stinkers on the bounce, then maybe... Even, even then, even, even then, yeah. I do not drop Hudson-Odoi. William... First three yes, ship performances, then yeah, get the fuck out because I've seen it five years in a row. But look, yeah, Hudson Adoy's the at the no moment, at the moment, in the minutes that Pulisic has played and the starts that he has had, yes, he's had good assists, but overall, his play has been poor. He has lost the ball almost every single time that I can count that he's had the ball. That is awful. You know, he's getting assists and he's doing that, but he has one big moment and then he's nowhere to be seen. One big moment, nowhere to be seen. And Yeah, but to be fair, that spark is there. I mean, he came in and what, in his first five seconds against Man United, he made the man who never gets dribbled past just absolutely fall on the floor in one basaki. No, I know. I just know. completely turned the band. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just saying. But... There is, you, know, that you know how I'm saying that he is more of a squad player and an impact sub. Is it surprising that his best quality minutes and his best quality output has come off the bench? You know what I mean? His assist against Southampton, that was brilliant. The way that he drew the defenders in and then slipped the no-look through ball, that was great. That was great play. That was a great finish by Michi. You know, that's the kind that's of connection. Role that's the kind of role that I foresee him having at this club. Not a role of a starter, but more as a 
let me let me find someone to compare him to. More of a Solomon Kalu type player. That that's who I think that he'll turn out to be. Which isn't bad at all. It, it's not bad. It's just I think that there's no need to overhype him. I mean, I still feel he needs chances, but I can agree with you, Josh. I can yeah. agree with you. Does anyone have anything else to say? Because uh, next point I want to make, I need to get this off my chest. Yeah, I Go feel like the it. next point is probably more important. Yeah, now it's Mason Mount. Now, please, guys, just like I was going to drop a video on this. I have it recorded and everything. It's still on my phone. I'm probably still going to drop it. But like, God damn it, the number of cretins on this platform. You lot just come on here after watching like three or four minute videos on YouTube and make so much noise so much noise about how we should be getting other players ahead of Mason Mount. What's wrong with you lot, man? It's ridiculous. Like, last year we were crying out for a midfielder to come on and score a lot of goals with high energy, yeah, and then she... Like, it's such a... It, it pisses me off. Honestly, I genuinely get pissed off. But, like, I'm not a massive youth supporter, but I don't hate the youth either. I want them to succeed. But you're not going to see me blowing trumpets. Like, I mean, certain people who, like blow the trumpets every single time i mean there's no problem with that i don't have a problem with that but some of you hate this guy like properly hate him just because some other people rate him does that make any sense it. does that make any sense like a lot of you still like Sha'ara, he needs to assist like he needs to assist more he needs to be more creative do you understand what football is with your like i don't know where you get your ufb licenses from but i think you should chuck them in the bin because obviously you do not know how to use them what's wrong with you what does Mason Mount do? One, he scores goals. He delivers some banging set pieces. I don't know why people don't get on the end of them, but he delivers banging set pieces and he runs for days. That guy's pressing is literally a hack. But a lot of you still come onto this platform and find ways to absolutely bash him every single time. When are you going to... Like, what more do you want from this child? I mean, obviously, once again, I'm the guy who says we should be critical. Yes, Mason Mount has to add more to his game. This lad is 20 years old. Obviously, he's going to add more things to his game. But at the end of the day, if you're going to ask him to be more... When you say someone should be more creative, what are you asking him to do? He's not a Fabregas. He's not a Gilmore. He's not a Jorginho. He's not a Perlo. He's not an Ozil either. Like, what do you want him to do? I mean, if no, you're not getting on the end, if he had, if most of his like set pieces have been converted, then he'd have more assists. I mean, I don't think... I've not yeah. seen him play, like, 80% of his set pieces have been great this season. I mean, am I wrong? I don't think so. I, mean, I think you're right. I don't think so. Yeah. He's been really he's been really good with his set pieces. When people get on the end of those, then they're going to see more from Mason Mount. But a lot of you just come on here with your and run your dirty mouse and come on here and be like, oh, Mason Mount is, is quite... You have group chats dedicated to slandering Mason Mount. What's wrong with you? You lack class. You don't think... I don't like, oh... Oh, but it really, this argument is, is, is such a rinsed argument, honestly. It really, really does piss me off. And it genuinely Actually does make really me... really funny. It's really, it's just so... So because you have agendas against certain big accounts, yeah? If I hate name-dropping, but yeah, Alex Goldberg, I love that guy. Great guy. I mean, he can be a bit um over with his... uh with. I mean, that's his thing. He's, he's a youth. He supports the youth, yeah. But because you have agendas against him, yeah, it does not, nec- does not mean that Mason Mount is a shit player. Like, a lot of you... I've said what I have to say, honestly. I mean, what, do, what, what else do you guys have to say about this? I mean, I still can't believe that people... If it is true that people are complaining that he doesn't create enough chances. I mean, yeah, complain about the lack of chance creation if we're struggling to score goals. But 
scoring goals is clearly not an issue. And to have four goals in eight games for a 20-year-old Premier League debutante midfielder, that is definitely not half, um, half bad. So I, lit- I really don't get it. I mean, like you said, he's literally everything we were missing out on last season. Last season, we had two goal scorers in the starting lineup. We had Eden Hazard and we had Olivier Giroud. That was it. We're crying out from creativity, goal threat from the midfield. And we've got that now. We've got someone who wants to be here. He plays for the badge. He's got high energy. He he scores goals, creates chances. I honestly just can't see any of the hate. Mm. It it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it is more about just acting on an agenda than being critical of the player. Like yeah. When I first saw it from certain accounts, I thought it was just people actually trying to be funny. But I guess that's actually a real thing now. So that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I mean... 20 old actually just lives free in these adult heads like this. I get, you. I get you. And also, Josh, sorry, I know you want to speak now, but I'm just going to try to wrap this. Because I know if I don't say this now, I might forget. A lot of people might come at me for what I said. But I yeah, I know Ruben Loftus Cheek. I love Loftus Cheek, and he's my favorite. I think I could. I mean, Bar Jr. I think he's probably my favorite Chelsea player. Does he score like good goals? Yeah. Does he drive at the midfield? Yeah, he does. Can he get assists? Yeah, he can. But does that mean Mason Mount cannot perform? Let's all be realistic. When Ruben comes back, do I want Ruben to start ahead of Mount? Yes, definitely. I definitely yeah. do. I definitely, most definitely, one hundred percent do. Do you have, like, all the people that support Mount, I mean, I hate name-dropping, but, I mean, some people are not going to say on the platform openly, people that defend Mount tooth and nail are not going to openly say that they want Loftus-Cheek ahead of him. Do I want Loftus-Cheek playing ahead of him? Definitely. But if Mount has, like, what, 11 or 12 goals by the time, I mean, a lot of people might call me an idiot in the comments, but if if he does, because, I mean, he scored four goals already, and Loftus-Cheek isn't set to come back till next year, am I right? Or is it end no, of the No, no, it's late early. November, early December. Oh, yeah. early November. Oh, 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 really? Oh, wow. late November. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, okay, that's a bit extra. So, okay, that's weird. I'm going, I'm going off. But what even I'm trying to say is... double digits, yeah. Yeah, even if he hits double... Like, my point is, Mason Mount is blue blood. He is what we've wanted for quite a long time. And now we don't just have to... Re- like, now we don't just have to rely on Loftus Cheek. If we did not have Mount, genuinely, if we did not have Mount... Who is going to be playing there and getting the numbers he's getting there? No one. Kovacic, I love Kovacic so much. I wish he could play a lot more football. But no, he's not going to score like Mount does. He's not going to press like Mount does. He's not going to get like set pieces like Mount does. Do you want Alonso or William to do those? No, you don't. So like, I don't know why you guys keep on complaining. It's just so sad. Horribly sad. You don't need to get rid of your so-called UFB licenses. Chuck them in the bin. And you need to stop watching three-minute compilation videos on YouTube as well. Get out. Josh. Yeah, I mean, Mason Mount, like you guys are saying, he's what we were crying out for last season, a goal-scoring midfielder. Also, I find it funny how accounts are coming at him saying that he doesn't create enough chances. I swear he leads our team in chance creation. I mean, yeah, assist. I swear he leads the team in chance creation. Like, am I just imagining this? Because the number of chances that I think... Yeah, he creates so many chances. Do I think that he needs to get better at holding on to the ball? Yes. Do I think that will come with time? Yes, I do. But Mason Mount, from what he's showing us, he can become a world-class player. Definitely. He's scoring one and two. Most strikers aren't doing that. 
let alone midfielders in the Premier League. Can we, like, sit back and think a 20-year-old playing for our club that scored four goals in eight games, four really high-quality goals at that, <laughs> and there are some people in our fan base that still genuinely question his ability. What baffles yeah. me about that so much is that the majority of those people want a player like Hussem Iowar, who I think is a great talent, but I'm sorry, this guy is struggling to get into the French under-21 side, and you're telling me that he's light years ahead of fucking Mason Mount? No way, man. No way. I mean, yes, he can play a good pass here and there. Yes, he can keep the ball better than Mount can. But Mount can do so much more than Iowar can. And I, it's just, I, I don't understand, you know, why, how how this has really come to fruition. Like, I, I understand people like saying, oh, you know, uh, Alonzo, like, obviously we don't want to like him, but he's playing well right now. You know, at the end of the day, we're Chelsea fans. And if you're not supporting the players when they're doing well, and you can't be objective and open your eyes to appreciate what is happening right now, then are you really a Chelsea fan? Or do you just exactly. like playing with Chelsea on Football Manager? You know, that that's that's how I view it. I mean, and yeah, finally I mean, for sorry, sorry, Michaela, just give like finally as well, a lot of people have been saying he's been switching off in games and all of that. Yeah. Definitely, I fully agree with you. Yeah, he does switch off in games. But this creativity thing, like, what are you looking for? Like, what exact what do you, what does it mean? Now that bring that could be another podcast episode, in my opinion. What does it mean to be a, a creative player? Like, what are you looking for? Mason Mount isn't gonna be the guy that stays on the ball like a hazard or Fabregas or something. Like, he's not gonna do any of those kind of Mason Mount is a direct guy, like. All his, if you look at any chance he's tried to create, it's been from like either set piece or open play. It's a direct, simple, like effective pass. He has his straightforward pressing. He has his like what? What? What do you want? Do you not understand? For, this isn't FIFA. Like this isn't FIFA. Like Mason Mount is exactly what ex, like people just say. Oh, he's not being creative. He's not getting assists. Yeah, he has zero assists. But what do you want? Like what exactly are you looking for? Like there's no like there's no con there's no substance to your arguments. Yeah, he can definitely add more to his game, and he should add more to his game. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying otherwise. Yeah, people saying otherwise. I'm not saying otherwise. But then again, you need to open your eyes and like be more realistic. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, does anyone have anything else to say? Because I want to move on. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I think you're pretty spot on, and Josh was also pretty damn spot on about. People just wanting a war for pretty much no reason. Then we're hitting United lows if we just go out and buy a war. Because, I mean, we've seen with United, they just go out and they buy these big-name signings, don't make any real sense. We've seen Lukaku, we've seen Pogba, we've seen Sanchez. They're probably going to go in for Gareth Bale. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. We already have all that we need. So why are you going to go out and splash $70 million on the player that, honestly... I rate the guy, but he doesn't change much. He doesn't bring something that we lack. Exactly. And this like, is the next coming of N'Golo Kante. I don't want him near the team. I mean, just look at... We have such a... Well, now, nah, honestly, I'm... Uh, I'm tired. Uh, it's something else. It's honestly something else. It really is. I mean, I, mean, I want... Mason Mount... Yeah. Mason yeah, Mount is living the dream that we've pretty much all had, which is playing for the club. And he's worked his asshole for 
pretty much his whole life from the age of six to get to this position. So the least we can do as fans of the club is at least support him objectively and just support him in general. I mean, at the end of the day, footballers are humans. And in Mount's case, he's literally still a kid. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what were these people doing at 20? This guy is literally playing for the club that we love. So the least we can do is just support the guy. Whether you want to go over the board, I mean, overboard, or whether you want to stay objective, just support the kid. It'll be okay. well worth it in five years, I can guarantee you. Exactly. And just to end off this entire thing, is like for me, once again, I, I pride myself in being able to open my eyes and appreciate something great, but still criticizing. I know I criticize the little things. I'm not going to come out here shouting 100% positivity. I think. I mean, if you do that, that's fine for you. But for me, I'm not that kind of person. Definitely, if it's going bad, I'll let you know it's going bad. But if it's going great, I'm going to go as far as I possibly can to prove that it's going great. So I'm going to show you, like, I'm going to critique Mount. Yeah, I mean, he needs to, I mean, good set pieces, you need to convert that into assists. But for you to say that he's not playing well, oh, just piss off. Piss right off, honestly. Now, I mean, Michaela, we want to get into the banter segments, but I just want to get one more player. And do you guys have any... I mean, yeah, I don't want... I didn't want to talk about anything too generic or straightforward, like praising uh, Tammy Abraham because he's been playing so well and everything. But, I mean, yeah, I love Tammy. And I've, I mean, I've said so much on Tammy, but not to go get into him too much. You guys... Oh, I've been waiting for this. Jorginho, man. My captain. Oh, my goodness. My fucking captain. He's vice-captain now. This guy's turnaround has been absolutely amazing, man. Honestly, absolutely amazing. But, yeah, can you guys spend, like, 20 seconds each on talking about him? Because we have quite a lot of questions for... Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think I actually tweeted this out a while ago. I can't find it. But I literally said, the same people booing him and slandering him right now are going to be chanting his name in six months' time. Mm. And that's exactly what's happened. The people that used to tell him to pretty much get out of Chelsea are now chanting his name at the end of games, before penalties. And we all saw this coming. We're probably going to be called sorry cultists, but I mean, yeah. it's not really my fault that I saw the quality in the player when those of you just hated him because you're sorry's man. I feel like that stigma is gone. It's pretty similar to the whole Mason Mount situation. Yeah, it's kind you're of hating sad. someone because of someone else. Doesn't make any so, sense. Yeah. I mean, Josh... Yeah, I think that, you know, with Jorginho, definitely he had a superb performance against Southampton. Really sets the tempo well, which which we saw last season, you know. Um, I, I still think, you know, as, as, as a potential signing for us, I think that we could look into someone um, that is a more traditional number six, for example, a Thomas Partey. Um, just, just to give us another... Yeah, yep. Um, just to give us another option tactically, because I think in big games, Jorginho can can be exposed a bit, but yeah. I, I don't want to focus on that. I want to let's focus on the positives. Jorginho yeah. currently has been playing really well. Um, he he's had one bad game this season, I think so far. I can't really remember. I, I think it's it was that. the Liverpool. I think it was the Liverpool game, in my opinion. But overall, I think he you know he's definitely stepped up. And most importantly, he's shown that he's a leader. And in a young team, it's really important that you have some senior players, you know, because you need leadership. And it's great that Jorginho is showing that he's a leader. 
So yeah, I mean, how many people come into the Premier League from a different country, hardly speak any English, and just make themselves feel so present? I mean, yeah, I know. From being hated to pretty much guaranteed Chelsea captain when Reese James comes in, and I yeah. remember seeing, I think it was a tweet from Nini from Blue Line CV. Remember when Jorginho got that head injury and he wore the headband? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking and about. And everyone was saying, oh, this is a new Jorginho, what, 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 what. And Nini pointed out, is it a new Jorginho or are people just actually seeing him now? Like, are we actually just finally paying attention to him because he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb? Mm. So I feel like he's always had that quality and people were just kind of choosing not to see it. Like, I, I pretty much choose not to acknowledge William or Alonso. Exactly. But I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't. I mean, I've run out of energy from fighting for my boy Mason. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's pretty much the uh, that's pretty much the main segment of the podcast. I mean, once again, glad to have such fantastic analysis on this on this podcast. But yeah, we're getting into the banter segment. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Now we're going to be talking mainly and only about our guest, Michele. So, Michele, can you tell us a lot more about yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm 18 years old and I was born and have lived my whole life in Pretoria, South Africa. Rodas. And yeah, I'm planning on studying um, aerospace engineering in the US next year. And yeah. I've been a Chelsea fan since, I think it's actually coming up on my 10-year anniversary. Hmm. I think... It was the one win against Man United. I'm pretty sure it was on November 9th, 2009, or November 7th. I'll have to double-check that. Mm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm. What made you become a Chelsea fan, actually? Um, well, my dad was a Chelsea fan, and although he didn't really pressure us into choosing any sides, it was him, Chelsea, and my older brother, Man United. And obviously, that was the first game I saw. And when I just saw Didier Drogba just throwing defenders to the floor, I was like, yeah, this is my team. Mm, so, fine. yeah, pretty much Didier Drogba. Fair and then, obviously, John Terry getting the winner wasn't too bad either. Mm, fair play, fair play. Just a fun fact. I mean, you were DMing me. This is a fun one for Josh, actually. Josh, do you know he wants to study in Boston? Really? Where, yeah, where are you looking to study Boston, specifically? Actually. Ideally, Tufts University looks amazing. I really it's like the a, look it's of a very, It's a very, very good school. Very selective, though, yeah. It is and very selective. Boston University, um, Northeastern University, yep. all of those look really great. My, my, cousin yeah, actually, my cousin actually goes to Northeastern University, and I think he oh, really? quite likes it there. So, yeah. I mean, awesome. Boston, the city itself, it's just, I, I don't really know what, um, you said you're from Pretoria in South Africa? Yeah, it's like near Johannesburg, basically. It's like the New Jersey right. to New York. Right. I, I don't. I I've never been to South Africa in my life, so I can't say what it's like. But I just me. say, I just say, like Boston, it's in itself. It's it's a really it's a really cool city. It's it's like yeah. It's it's definitely not a yeah. It's definitely not a small city. Um, but it's definitely not like the size of New York or anything. Like I'd say it's yeah. It's like an uh average american city in terms of size and then population i think it's like two million people now but overall it's it's a it's a pretty fun city um and, de and definitely a fun city to live in because there's a lot to do so 
Yeah, man. Yeah, Ho- ho- hopefully, hopefully you make it. Yeah, thanks, man. I love the whole like Italian Irish influence. Also, really yeah, like yeah. That. Perfect, perfect. Now, I mean, well, usually we just chuck out questions from like ourselves to get this but Bikaina, you have the most questions we've ever had for guests on our podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, actually, oh, wow. I think if it's not same as Miz, then it's slightly more. But I mean, so, yes, yeah. so we're just going to run through them as quickly as we possibly can and see if we can still squeeze in any other like funny or silly bits of content at the end. I'm going to start off with Fats. Okay, Ms. Nine Raman, we know him, the Chelsea fanatic. We yeah, that's my boy. Podcast. I mean, our boy, in it. I mean, yeah, Love yeah, yeah. Love it. Oh, I'm not supposed to speak with uh, with um, slang on this podcast, am I? Yeah, let me correct. We might get shouted at. Yeah, I might get shouted at, so I might just change back. Uh, so basically, yeah, what Ms. is asking is who was your most, who is the, who's your favourite South African football of all time, I guess? Oof. I think it's kind of a cheap answer, but I think it definitely has to be Simpiwe Shabalala. Shabalala. I mean, can anyone watch that goal with the Peter <laughs> Jury commentary and not get chills? I mean, I get it every time. I've probably seen that goal about 200 times and I've memorized the commentary. <laughs> it's just amazing. Should I put you on the spot to get it done right now? Ah, I nah, could try. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, if you want isn't it, to get... Isn't it something like goal for all of Africa? Or something yeah, like so that? it's like Modise, Shabalala, goal South Africa, goal all Africa, Jabulile, rejoice. <laughs> Simpiwe, Shabalala, what, 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 what. That's pretty good, to be fair. Pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I love that goal. Matt and Drogba's head is up there for me when it comes Ooh. to goosebump moments. And Torres, yeah. obviously. Torres, yeah. Torres, yeah. Those no. three. Give it to me any day. Fair and point. Hazard against Arsenal. That's another one. Ooh. Uh, I think we're forgetting a big one. Which one? Oh, and Gerard slipped. Oh. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's so much goosebumps, but I mean... That's more hilarious. That's no, I get, I, get, I get goosebumps from it because I think I can meme the Liverpool fans with it. But, oh, definitely. Yeah, mm. yeah I mean... Definitely have had some goosebump, um, amazing goosebump moments supporting this club. It's a roller coaster ride, really. Definitely, yeah. Never dull. All right, mm-hmm. Matt, the real football TJ. I mean, TJ, our boy up in Canada. Shout out. Love TJ. TJ. Love that guy, man. He says, favorite SW6 presenter. I know mean, he's joking, but I'm just throwing that in there still. But his real Gotta question is actually. <laughs> TJ, you heard it here first. Now, his real question is, did you go to any games in the 2010 World Cup? Yeah, I did, actually. Well, I mean, my dad's Italian, so mm. he booked for us to go to Italy versus Slovakia, which wasn't great, because I'm pretty sure we got spanked like 3-2 and oh. pretty much knocked out immediately. And we were supposed to go watch Italy versus Paraguay, but, I mean, because we got knocked out, it ended up being Japan versus Paraguay which was, I'm pretty sure, nil-nil, and it went to penalties, and Japan won. So those were, I mean, Paraguay won. I was supporting Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I could have gone to more games, but that was the year I was really trying to save up money for a PlayStation 3. So my dad's like, PlayStation 3 or football games? And nine-year-old me couldn't care less about football games. I wanted my PlayStation 3. So <laughs> I could have ended up going to Spain versus Portugal, and I would have seen... 
was it that infamous Ronaldo goal that was disallowed? Was that in the 2010 or was that in the 2008 Euros? Um, what, what competition was that actually? I think I can't it remember was, now. I think it was 2008. I think it might be 2008. Yeah. I'm not too sure. And, I mean, yeah. Josh, do you remember? I'm not sure. Is this the one where he where Nani scores? Yep. And it's flagged offside. Oh, I think I think that was the Just because the of the boots he's wearing, I think it's from Yeah. Zero. It's definitely older. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I could have seen was it was Ghana versus Uruguay. Yeah. I would have seen Luis Suarez do pretty much oh. the unspeakable. And I think the whole of yeah. Africa still hates him. What did they call it? If Maradona was the hand of God, was this the hand of the devil or something? <laughs> I think that's what they called it. Oh, yeah, man, dude, like, we, we're still pissed. We are still pissed now, you know? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not pissed because, I mean, by birth, I'm Nigerian, so we hate Ghanaians, naturally, <laughs> so that's their problem. <laughs> I mean, a love to my brothers, Mikel, Michele, yeah. and I like to say... But, yeah, yeah they've, they've left me now, man. <laughs> I tried with that with that Drogba tweet with Mourinho. I thought I was gonna get a few into my comments, but none. I think when I face revealed, they kind of left me alone. I mean, now that I, I think face... it's been the opposite for you now. Yeah, now that I face reveal, like most of like eighty percent of my new followers have been brothers, and for those, <laughs> I mean, none of none of the listeners are going to understand, and I'm sure Josh doesn't either. But basically, Michaela and I have this thing where we call. Uh, um, our African fellow Africans, um, brothers, because yes. I mean, yeah, they are our African brothers. They just bring different energy, man. Yes, different energy with some spectacular English. But anyways, <laughs> we have moved on to a different question. Um, huh, Oli, uh, her, I'm not gonna answer oh, that Oli. question. Oli, yeah, I'm gonna acknowledge the question. Ask Dami who was better on his podcast. Hmm. I mean, uh, I think we know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we know. I think I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that. Sorry, Oli. Yeah. Now, at Matisse Armani. Oh, my, my elder brother, you know. Love Matisse, my, man. Yeah. Why did you start SW6 Daily? That is such a good question. And when I saw that question, I tried to think of, like, a magical moment when it came to me. And I'm not sure there really was one. At the time... I was talking to my little brother about it. I was like, you know, I think I might start a fan account. And he's like, why would you do that? So I just kind of played it off. And then Ollie and I started talking a lot more. And he brought it up. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. And looking back on it, there was kind of like a gap in the market, if I could say it like that. Like, yes, yeah. you had your people that were good at making videos. And this guy was good at making edits. And you could get your news from this guy. But there wasn't a single page where all of this was coming from the same source. And if I'm being honest, I was also really inspired by James and his creation of all things Chelsea. Because mm. when I saw him create it, I was like, awesome. If he can do it, then I don't see why I can't. Mm. So that was definitely a major inspiration. And I'm really glad that we formed like a partnership and all things Chelsea and SW6 Daily are doing collaborations. And I really hope that that continues, yeah. Inject it straight into my veins, bro. Straight yes, bro. into my veins. All right, now we're going to be answering Save Like Kepper, at Save Like Kepper. Now he asks, after Hazard's departure, losing our most marketable player, this who do you one. feel will take that reign to be our new poster boy of Chelsea? I mean, this is your question. I kind of have an answer for this, but go yeah. on. I mean, if he's talking right now, like this moment, you can't say anyone besides Pulisic. I mean, he's bringing in stupid money from the US. 
I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure he's bringing in stupid money. He's probably paid off his transfer fee already. Mm. But if we're talking like who's going to be our poster boy for like the next five years or so, I feel like the common answer is probably Hudson Odoi. Yeah, but I, as we've maybe seen a few times now, I don't think he's going to spend the full five years here. I think he's a really ambitious footballer and he's probably going to try and move on. And I was maybe thinking a little bit of Mason Mount, you know, he's Lampard's boy and he's pretty much the second coming. It might be him. But then it definitely came down to Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, I mean, definitely. he's the poster boy of this new generation of bringing through academy players. He's got that social media presence as well, which the marketing team would just love. So, yeah, and he's got captain material. So yeah. I'm pretty sure I'd go with Ruben Loftus-Cheek there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, he could have left Chelsea easily. Everyone was telling him to leave Chelsea, but he just didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm in I'm in a group chat with um, a lot of my really close friends on Twitter, and we we definitely share the same view that Ruben is gonna is gonna be and should be the new poster boy for the club. And really, all that's left to seal it is obviously we know that uh, Stormzy and Maya Jama split up. A few months ago, <laughs> once once Ruben bags her, it's game over. That's game. That, what the fuck, Josh? <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Once oh. once that happens, once that happens, Ruben is not only the poster boy for Chelsea, but he should be the poster boy for the UK at that point. Put him on the fifty-eight pound notes. Oh, screw Harry Maguire. Sir man. Ruben Loftus Cheek. You are jokes, man. Honestly, proper jokes. Fair play then, fair play. I mean, I definitely agree. He has to be lost his cheek, man. I mean, Hudson Odoi, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how long he's going to stay. I hope he stays for a long time, but he's not. I mean, if he stays for 10 years, I, be, I mean, I wouldn't. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. But yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if he does stay. But if he doesn't stay for more than five, I wouldn't be surprised either. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's lost his cheek, man. As long as he can get, when he gets back from injury, he stays consistent and doesn't get any more yeah. like, if he, if he just picks up where he left off last season, then most definitely. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now at eleven, Oscar JJ asks, "What's your favorite Premier win? Your favorite Prem winning team? I'm guessing that's this was, yeah, most likely. It's also this was also a pretty tricky one at the face of it because I could have easily said the 14-15 one. I mean, second coming of Mourinho, we just bossed the league. Jogba came back. Hazard was on fire. Fabregas was on fire. Costa was bullying defenders. So that was a great one. And obviously, the 16-17 season was just amazing. I mean, literally, we just turned our season around. And that was also... Actually, that was the first game I went to that season. It was the final game of the season when we beat Sunderland 5-1. It was John Terry's last game. I saw us win the Premier League. So that one nearly took my answer. But I mean, I, f- I feel like most Chelsea fans would maybe say this answer. And it just has to be that Carlo Ancelotti mm. 09-10 season. I mean, we scored goals for fun. That was probably arguably one of our best teams besides the 04-05 team. I mean, it was just a ridiculous season. And it was pretty much my first full season of being a Chelsea fan. So, I mean, I don't think there's any better season that anyone can really have coming into a sport and into a team than that mm. one. Mm. I mean, that Drogba-Lampard link-up, I don't think the Premier League will see link-up like that. I mean, what? Each got double digits for both goals and assists. It's crazy. Um, I think Lampard is... had 
was it 38 goal contributions in 38 games or 34 goal contributions? It was one oh, of the two. Monstrous it was just crazy. numbers, bro. Monstrous numbers. It's absolutely and just crazy. beating teams 7-1, 8-0. Easy. Fair play, fair play. Now, who is your favourite Chelsea player right now? At Goro underscore Lewis. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. Are these questions always this difficult? I swear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a tough one. I, I really want to say Jorginho. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, it's kind of like that little bit of spite of like, I've always loved Jorginho and now everyone loves him too. So I'm kind of like, oh yeah, well, I mean, I've always loved Jorginho. But I mean, I feel like that's such a mainstream answer. And yeah. if there's anyone that I love right now that has just totally surprised me and surprised everyone, it has to be mm-hmm. Fukayo Tomori. Yeah. That man has been ridiculous. I mean, where else does someone come from barely barely known, fourth choice, fifth choice, to first name on the team sheet? And I don't think I've seen a defender with his pace, the way he reads the game at that age. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I just love that guy. Mm, mm. I've made jokes that he's my dad. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have one more question here. I don't know if I should ask this. I'm sure you probably saw it yourself. It's from Flip at Lampard. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> um, should we be answering this on here? Um, huh. Michaela, what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, we can always just edit it out if this doesn't it, go well. It, <laughs> just, right. just slip an ad in here. All right. <laughs> all right. So he's asking how deluded is PYS. Now, before anyone says anything, i just like to say this is not sarcastic as well. I actually do like PYS. Um, yeah. I, follow, yeah. I followed him on my... I still follow him on my personal account and my Same. football Twitter account. I love the guy. I genuinely do. But recently, I don't know what's been up with him recently. I don't know what's been up with him recently. And I don't like to talk about other people on this podcast when you're not on the podcast. But I mean, I know Josh hates him with passion. An absolute (laughs) burning passion. Not surprised. Josh could probably like, (laughs) ah, hates him with the passion. I I mean, he's not as bad as Rory Jennings. But yeah, I know he hates Josh. But personally, I actually do like PYS. I don't know what's been up with him recently. But, yeah, I mean, if he can... I mean, right now, I mean, I'm not going to leave him be. I'm not going to comment too much on what's happening right now. But PYS of, like, what, two months ago? As early as two or one a month ago, I loved him a lot. And I still kind of... Yeah, I mean, is there a better like merchants in the Chelsea community than PYS? (laughs) That man is always in my mentions. Love that guy, man. Love him. Fair play. Yeah, I I just don't know how this all broke out. I mean, he had, like, his daily... I guess you can call it arguments. It seems mm. like arguments now with Alex Goldberg. Mm. And I I don't know. He's just... I mean, we're the same age, which is kind of surprising, by the way, he's been acting recently. And I mean, I love him. But I mean, when you try literally be anti-Alex Goldberg, if that's even a thing, and then you act surprised when Alex Goldberg just turns on you and he stops just playing your games and then you act surprised when he's being, quote, rude to you, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Mm. I mean, well, but yeah, I've got nothing against him, really. Nothing really, honestly. I just wish he, he could. Still I follows hope... me. I still follow him. Yeah, same here. I just hope he can like 
they can like what I get like can I say fix yeah. up or just get yeah, just, back on just, good just terms? Drop it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Just just leave commenting alone for now. Yeah, I mean, I would ask Josh's opinion, but I don't want us to not have this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Josh, imagine I if PYS was pro Pulisic. I think Josh would break down. Oh, Josh. Nah. Uh, I just, I just think he's very generic. That's all. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it right there. Thank you, Josh, for your contribution. I'm not trying to get battered on Twitter, honestly, because I mean, I feel like I might do, even though I've been really nice to him. But oh well. The PIS still love you out here, but yeah, um, yeah, nah. I mean, I've got to throw some joke questions for Michaela, man. I mean, do you what kind of yeah, music sure. you listen to? Dude, I listen, I'm so specific, but I pretty much the easy answer is I pretty much listen to everything. The more in depth answer is I'm a dude who studies a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I love music. So for me, music has to either sound really good when I'm not focusing and I'm just listening to it for that ear sound. Yeah. And it still has to sound really good when I'm focusing on it. So, yeah, I really don't like like modern trap music. I feel like it's super lazy and stuff. Yeah. So I really do appreciate like the older style music, like maybe 70s kind of rock music. And Ooh. I really like Greta Van Fleet, who seem to be bringing that back. But I do still listen to like rap and that. I really like Eminem. I think a rapper that doesn't get enough love is probably Token. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. I think but I have. he's he's really good. I think he's actually from Massachusetts. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and also one of my favorite bands is pretty much called Boston. I love Boston. Oh, they made proper bangers. Fair play, man. Fair play. Top three artists right now. Go. Oof, right now. I don't even know if I listen to three current artists. Dude, like, I literally just listen to 70s and a few artists currently. Yeah. Mm. Ozzy Osbourne type thing, so... Yeah, pretty much. He maybe goes into more too much of heavy metal to what I listen to, but, I mean, Crazy Train is a banger regardless, and mm. his work with Black yeah. Sabbath was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, although his song with Post Malone was trash. Really? Like, I don't you know. think so? Post, oh, no, no, no. How, how does Post Malone... Only Post Malone is making a song with Ozzy Osbourne boring. Only what? Post Malone. Like, I love Ozzy's verse on that was good? He said, like, the same two lines twice. Oh, that was it. God. I mean, like, the unnamed feature did oh, more work than he did. Oh, I mean, I've got nothing against Post Malone. I look pretty much like Post Malone, except I don't really look like a hobo, I guess. But I'll send you pictures. <laughs> I pretty much look like Post Malone. It's kind of worrying. But really? I mean, I feel, yeah, dude, my little brother's like photoshopped the tattoos on my face and everything. It's kind oh, of is worrying. That, is that the image you have for your thing? Yeah, you that's the one. You know you sent me the link. Because I was like, is that yeah. Post Malone? You know, I was like, I just didn't want to dude, My older brother showed that picture to his friend and he genuinely thought Post Malone was at his house. Fair play. Like, it's, it's a little worrying. But yeah, I feel like even Post Malone will tell you, he'll be like the first one to tell you that he doesn't think He's a fantastic artist. Like, I've heard him in interviews saying that, like, if you gave him a keyboard, he has no idea what he's doing. Mm. So, like, I just hate how lazy that kind of music is. Like, I feel like it's all just following the same beat and it's just really generic. Like, I feel like most of the rappers just sound the same. If you put, like, ASAP Rocky and all of those artists together and you play me their songs, I wouldn't be able to really tell them apart. Fair play. Fair play. But yeah, I feel like the only current artists I listen to is probably Greta Van Fleet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I do listen to Token occasionally. I dig his stuff. 
and who's another current oh okay i can't really say current i used to kind of listen to xxx a little bit but i don't think i can say that oh yeah whoops um so yeah i don't know about a third current one like no one that i really like like i probably do listen to some current ones but it's not ones i like like i maybe listen to juice world like once a month maybe Mm. but yeah I'm definitely one of those people that think that they were born in the wrong generation or whatever. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I mean, Josh, have any other questions for Michele? Not really, man. I mean, I think you've hit all the ones that I would have asked. Oh, fair play then. I mean, so that means we've come to the end of another episode of the Fulham Road podcast. We had a lovely guest and great friend Michele later on. It's been great, man. Honestly, man, we thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, I'd so, love to come so on much. again. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. We'd love to have you on again as well. I mean, you haven't. I mean, I know you have loads of stuff to plug as well. So go for it. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, it's just pretty much my Twitter, which is just at Michele Later, and obviously SW6 Daily, which is just at SW6 Daily. And depending on how things go, there might be some new things coming out of SW6 Daily. We might see. Maybe soon. Maybe we might leave it for the start of the new season. Mm. But yeah, it's exciting times over there. So I highly recommend you go follow SW6 Daily. We've got arguably the best video editor in the game. That's Hale. Get in. I've still got no idea how I got Hale to join us. No idea. And we've got one of the best picture editors, in my opinion, at Oscar. Mm. I mean, I picked that man up when he had 149 followers. He told me he was actually going to delete his account before I came along. And now I think he's on like 1,600. Crazy. I mean, his work deserves it. And, I mean, we've got Matisse. Like, what more do you want? Matisse. And Miz, of I course. And TJ. I mean. Oh, TJ. I love that guy, man. Absolutely. And the new man, the two new people we've gotten in, our new photo editor and our thread man. I mean, come on. Those guys have been amazing. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, of course, Ollie's in there. Oh, can you not love Ollie? So, yeah, it's definitely exciting times, especially with the collaborations with all things Chelsea. We're definitely trying to pump them out at least once a week. I was aiming to at least have three a week in the international break, but, I mean, it's still early days in that whole partnership. Mm. And, yeah, there might be new things on the horizon, so just keep a lookout on that. Get in, get in. So, yeah, man, I mean, exciting times. This episode has gone over, like, an hour and 30 minutes. But I don't have to edit because Josh is editing today. Hooray, perfect. Josh, good luck with this one. But yeah, all jokes aside, I mean, Michele, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. It's way overdue. Really, really do appreciate it. But yeah, man, I think we're going to end the episode right there. I mean, it's definitely been a great one, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you lot stop abusing Mount as well if you got this far. Yes. Yeah, definitely. If you know my ad. If you've got yeah. any beef, you can just DM me anytime. DMs are open. I mean, if you've gotten this far, man, I'd really appreciate it as well. But yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, Michaela, for coming on. It's It's been a pleasure, man. I really loved it. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank, excellent. It's been a pleasure, lads. Yeah. So my name has been Dami, at CFC Dami on Twitter. And I have my great friend all the way six hours behind us in the U.S., uh, yeah, pessimistic Josh, or known as Josh Banks, or known as Rory Jennings Killer. Yeah, <laughs> we shall uh, we shall catch you in the next episode. Uh, bye bye.